All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best. You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcasting. Welcome back to your podcast. I'm Ken Mills. And today we're talking about Kiss. What a surprise. Today I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Roland Sarazen. And Roland, you and I recently went and saw Kiss in Memphis, the end of the road tour. It was so fun. By the way, thank you for having me. And I'm so glad that I went out and joined you guys to see the show. I'm looking forward to this podcast. It was such a good time. So Roland, you and I have been friends now for, gosh, how long now? I'm going to say probably about 10 years, right? I think. I think before Sonic Boom came out. I was 09, so at least, yes, because it was definitely before Sonic Boom. I'm going to say 12 years. Yeah. I remember you called in on our live Sonic Boom call-in show, as a matter of fact. Yes. And we watched was... Modern Day Delilah uh, performed on Letterman. Yeah, that was the first time we ever uh, spoke to each other. Yeah, and but we had been friends uh, through message boards and stuff like that. But well, you admi- ad- admired me from afar. I was well, yes. trying to keep you at bay, but yeah. you just wouldn't stop. So I figured, all right, I guess I'll be the guy. <laughs> but for a lot of people that, that may not know you, you've been on the podcast a couple times, but you are an incredible photographer, and uh, you you've taken some excellent photos of Kiss. On the end of the road tour. Now you saw the second end of the road tour, correct? Where at? I, I was very lucky. I got to see them here in my hometown of Portland. It was on February first. It was. I was very close. Had a really, really good time. But I went by myself. It was here. I knew I was coming to see you and uh, to get another show. So I went to this one to just scream and have a good time here in Portland. And. Uh, I, it's fun seeing shows at different points of a tour because you can see how they've refined things over time and you can see how it's gotten a bit more streamlined. So it was really fun to go in Portland because it was the second night of the tour and I knew that it was sort of one of those anything can happen kind of nights. So that was really fun. However, I didn't get to take my camera in on that one and I was, I was very frustrated. In fact, I think I vented to you how frustrated I was. Mm-hmm, very much. And you got to see the painter? I got to see the painter. I was disappointed that uh, we didn't get to see it with you. But yeah, I saw David Garibaldi. He was really good. I I actually enjoyed him quite a bit. I'd seen that kind of style before, but being a quote-unquote artist kind of like you are, I I enjoy things like that. Right. And to our good friends Luce and and Baco over at the Cobras and Fire podcast, they recently mentioned that I said that I'd rather see a painter than just any random band I don't care about. And and that's true in a, in a lot of ways. But there's also the fact that I am an artist. And it just blows my mind that someone can do a complete painting in under five minutes and do it live in front of a crowd. That's That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and it's fun if you go and look at his website. I mean, he's done all kinds of, of stuff all around the world for really, really big crowds and famous people and, and so much of what he does, he donates to charity, the sales. So I right. get the guy a lot of credit. I'm all on his side. 
and then there's also like if if I would have saw a band of the caliber of ACDC or Cheap Trick or something like that, but some of the opening bands for Kiss for the last twenty years have been like no names. It's 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 kind of like when you watch wrestling, and they have these guys called jobbers, and they come in, and you know that they're gonna lose no matter who they're wrestling. They're going to lose, right? And that's that's almost how I feel about a lot of opening acts. If they're not, if there's really not something of worth and need not apply, right? Yeah, hit starring in his WWF debut, Fireball, and you go, oh, Fireball's gonna get laid out tonight, ain't? <laughs> Someone's gonna put that out quick. So now it was the second night of the tour in Portland, and there was some troubles right from the get go in that kiss coming back into the United States after having doing the opening night of the tour in Canada, some of their stuff got held up, correct? Yeah, they got held up in customs, apparently. Some of their pyro got uh, held up. I think the band themselves actually got held up. And so there were a couple of tweets going around and a couple of people in the, in the crowd, diehards like myself, who, who kind of had heard a couple of things. And so they didn't start... Kiss themselves didn't start till 9.15, 9.20, something like that. Mm-hmm. But they didn't start till almost 9 with us, which actually was after 9. Well, I know that their uh, start time has normally been 8.45 uh, on the tour here. So they started really late in Portland. It was well after 9 o'clock because they got held up in customs. And then in Memphis, I don't think they started till a little after nine. So they, they were even a little bit late in Memphis. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. Someone we were with knew somebody who was doing the meet and greet backstage and said, yeah, they're not here yet because they got held up in New Orleans, which was the show before Memphis. So right, right. Once again, showing that we know way too much about this band at any given moment. <laughs> right, exactly. What was the most impressive part of seeing this end of the road tour for you? Well, I knew I was going to get Pyro. I knew I was going to get Flames the first time. Should we say spoiler alert at this point to let no. everybody know? No. Okay. Kiss. There's no such thing. Listen, if you're a Kiss <laughs> fan and you're avoiding hearing anything about the end of the road tour until it comes to you, that means you're not listening to this show. But if you're your standard Kiss fan... You're already scanning for pictures, set list, everything. So besides, here's the ending. You know, it's 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 not like there's a surprise ending. This isn't Sixth Sense, right, with Bruce Willis. <laughs> so the first time the flames came out sideways mm-hmm. from behind Eric, that was a surprise. That was fun. The other impressive thing I really liked was how all the pods up at the top Obviously, that's the biggest change on on this tour is those pods being incorporated so immensely into the show. But when those all move as a group and there's video and that's synchronized, that was really cool. I I went, this is really going to be fun and I'm looking forward to what they do during the show. Having the KISS logo and the icons on those pods during certain songs and all the gene faces facing towards the middle during... God of Thunder was amazing. Tommy Solo incorporating that into him shooting the uh, rockets out of his guitar. I thought the pods were incredibly well done. Mm -hmm. Agreed. 
That was the most uh, impressive thing I thought. Yeah, they're uh, a nice addition to the world of the Kiss stage. You know, we have to look back at like past stages, right? Because it's weird. You and I were talking on the way to the venue that like some people are like, well, this stage is nothing. This stage is this stage, you know, whatever their opinion is. But you take a look at like Alive, it was the Condalabra. That was that was the stage, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Alive is nothing, nothing at all. And then Destroyer, you had the ruined cityscape and the, the jewels where Regine spit blood and everything. But for the most part, you even look at the Love Gun stage, and outside of that great shot of Alive 2, which is fantastic, but it's not completely 100% real either, you had what looks like a Vegas act with the lit up steps and the flashing lights around the drums. It just looks very Vegasy, very Price is Right, right? That's what I was going to say. Other other than uh, the drums going up and the risers, which has probably been incorporated to every tour since then, mm-hmm. the Love Gun Slash Alive 2 stage, even when they updated it for the reunion tour, was not that impressive of a stage when you just look at the stage itself. It's just a couple of staircases. I mean, Animal Eyes, you know, had at least that. So, yeah, for sure. This is this is an enormous stage. And it's also big side to side, too, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, it's very wide. It's Especially if you see some of those great straight-on shots from some of the the shots of this tour. You can see how wide it is and how far they're, they're able to walk. And, mm-hmm. and it's nothing against the Love Gun stage or the Dynasty stage or anything that came before it, but this is really the most interactive stage that Kiss has ever really used. Whatever you loved about the Love Gun stage is still here, right? Like the cherry pickers and the risers and stuff like that. We see all of that. The drums rise, and we see that those great cats on the like on the inside of Alive too. All of that is still there. It feels like it's a, a good combination of a lot of stages from the past. Uh, there's little bits during the show that are kind of throwbacks to this stage or that stage or that show. If you really know what you're looking for, there's definitely some fun stuff that, that harkens back to different tours and stages. So I really like that about the stage. We might as well get into the discussion of what happened in Memphis as opposed to what happened in Portland. There's been a, a set list change, but we'll get into that as we get to it. You came down, and you and your wife came down and spent the, the weekend basically with, with my family, and it was just fantastic to hang out with you. And we had uh, Linda and Christine the Button Queen and the Step Kids and everything, and it was just fantastic. But there was some sadness to kick it off because Peter Tork of the Monkees had passed away, and it kind of put a shadow all over everything, right? Like when you came in that night, it was raining. Cats and dogs is not the word for it. It was raining the zoo. It was insane, the amount of rain. I thought you would get out of Portland and maybe ditch the clouds, but maybe they came with you, right? Yeah, it was raining lions and and tigers and bears. Oh, my. But it was great to hang with you, but it seemed like there was the sadness and the tears were part of that moment because Peter Tork touched a lot of our lives, right? And it was really cool to see that Paul, when he tweeted about him, when Paul Stanley tweeted about him, 
that he mentioned that Peter Tork was a musician and a member of this iconic TV show. But he pointed out the fact that he was a musician first. And Paul understands probably all too well what it's like to be in a band where people only talk about the extraneous parts of the music or the extraneous parts of the bands. Like, for example, Kiss will never get the respect that they deserve because of the show, because of the music, because of the makeup, because of the costumes. And the same with the monkeys. They never got the same respect in that way. You know, they were always under that cloud that it's a TV show. I heard about it uh, on my phone. It was two flights to get to you. I had to land in Dallas before flying to Memphis. And I found out about it on the plane in Dallas. Obviously, I felt this this emotion come over me, but my first thought was, oh, my gosh, I, I hope Ken is going to be okay because I know how close you guys were. That was two days before the show. And then Saturday, we spent some time together, and you showed me gifts that Peter Tork had given you. Yeah. And if you want to have an emotional <laughs> impact, your, your very last kiss show and Peter Tork dying within two days. You know, a lot of people have had some negative things to say about kiss on this tour. And if ever there was a time to understand that you're going to enjoy it and you're going to say goodbye. And it is supposed to be a celebration, whether you want to drink the Paul Stanley Kool-Aid as he's talked about this being a celebration, whether you, want to buy into that or not it sure hit home right then and there was also a post on uh, a kiss message board that i read a few hours later that said this is why i'm looking at end of the road with rose colored glasses and his entire post was just a picture of peter Tork. Mm. And, it, and if that doesn't say at all i don't know what is mm -hmm. enjoy this while you can because it can be gone so quickly and having it pulled out having that rug pulled out from under you in an instant hurts a whole lot more than if you get your chance to say goodbye so any of you out there if you've been on the fence of whether to go to this tour go to this tour yeah if you're going to go and want to have a good time then do it uh, we're not trying to sell tickets for kiss we're not trying to sell tickets for your favorite band or your favorite sporting team or whatever it is but Start realizing that, you know, I've said this before on this show, that we are limited collector's edition items. You know what I mean? There's only so much time that we have before we literally expire. And we're not something that can sit on a shelf. This is life. This is not a dress rehearsal. But there was just something about the fact that Paul said that Peter was a talented musician before he was anything else. And there was something about the fact that we were seeing this show about something that meant so much to us over all of these years that this show has a, a certain gravitas, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But everything I love about a KISS show is on display on the End of the Road tour. For sure. But that happening definitely for me, and I know for you probably too, multiple extremes more how important it almost made this show that we that, that we were doing it plus i was seeing it with you and family and friends it, it just uh it was amazing 
and it was fun driving to the venue. It was fun going through the Gene Simmons vault with you. It was fun just just being a Kiss fan and, more importantly, being a friend with you. And it was a fantastic way to spend a weekend. Uh, the trip over to Memphis, we had went from, like, this unbelievable rain to a beautiful sunshine. And it was like the the clouds parted and we were able to make our way to Memphis. And I was, I'd been telling you about this band called Under the Radar the entire weekend. And we get in line at the venue and standing right next to us was the lead singer, Zeke Yarborough of Under the Radar. And I got to introduce the two of you. That was amazing. It, we didn't plan it. No, and we were talking about the band just before. <laughs> like literally minutes before we got there. And it yeah. was so cool. So it was great seeing him and his dad. And we made our way into the venue. And we just happened to get a camera by security. I'm just going to say that. And it was fun. And you yeah. took some amazing photos. And they're going to make up the show artwork. And they're going to be in the thread to this episode. So... We've been posting them on the podcast because some fantastic photos. You you actually are a photographer in real life. You just do excellent work, and I've always admired your work, and it's great to see this. You've, you've taken some of my favorite pictures of Kiss over the years, too. So That's kind of you to say. It, let's just say that you and I go into this show together was, was mutually beneficial. It worked out very well for both of us for different reasons. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I, I was, when, when we were going through security, when we first started going through security, I knew everything was going to be okay. And I was, I, it was like, yes, this is going to happen. It's going to be amazing. So yes, on the Facebook podcast, page i've been posting at the time of this recording i've been posting some pictures up there uh i will continue to do that i will post them as podcast group exclusives but if you're out there and you like them and you want to share them to the kiss room or anybody else out there that you enjoy on facebook please feel free just credit my name on it and everything's all good there so excellent being a photographer, it was a very good thing that uh, uh, we had somewhere to go because I would have taken a thousand pictures of that sun and the clouds that were on the horizon as we were driving in. It was absolutely gorgeous driving in. And number two, uh, if any of you don't know the button queen, Christine, by the way, she's awesome. I was so glad I was able to meet her. She is really cool. Y you need to be prepared if you're driving with Christine. Um, at one point I, I was in the back seat and I looked over and I, I, I turned to your wife, Linda, who's sitting next to me. And I said, are we really going 95 miles an hour? She said, oh yeah, she drives like that all the time. Said, okay. <laughs> we're doing that. Now I had just come from Germany the month before, and it still freaked me out that we were going 95. So yeah, it's crazy. But she kept us safe. She wasn't. She doesn't weave in and out of traffic or anything. Mm -hmm. But she likes to get where she's going on time. Absolutely. Now, just to establish some of the weight of why this concert meant so much is that it was the first time that Linda, Roland, and Ken got to go to a concert together, and we were part of the admin team of a group called Kiss Fansite, and. It was fantastic that 
Red Falcon, Paul Southern Gal, and Nightwing Ken got to go to a concert together. And you even wore a concert t-shirt to the show that our good friend had made for you. He was on KISS fan site. He, uh, I became very close with him during times in, in KISS fan site. His name was Iggy Ignacio, lived in Florida. And he, at one point during the Sonic Boom time, made me a t-shirt that had Red Falcon. It said KISS fan site and Red Falcon forever. And it had custom graphics on each side. And ever since he made me that shirt, I've worn it to every single KISS show I've ever been to. How cool is that? This was something that we had shared over the years. So this was the first time that we got to be by that huge black curtain along with the button queen and Linda's children and my, my stepkids. We were just able to be there amongst friends and family. It was just fantastic. And a lot of people recognized me throughout the day. It was kind of weird that people would stop and it's like, hey, Podfather, or hey, Ken. And one guy crawled up like, the venue steps to get to us. <laughs> that was kind of fun. Yes, if you go somewhere with Ken Mills, uh, uh, you better be ready for that. It's almost like a, a celebrity thing. I think four or five times it was either, hey, Ken Mills, or hey, podcast, or <laughs> whatever. It was, it was so cool. It was yeah, bizarre. I, I it's felt always like the, bizarre when it happens. Yeah, I kind of felt like the right hand of royalty for a little while. It was really fun. <laughs> well... I wouldn't go that far, but uh, it's good to meet listeners. It's always cool. Yeah, it must be very gratifying to do this uh, week in, week out, and have so many people check it out and, and give you compliments. And you probably get some not-so-fun stuff, too. But Oh, no, it's, it's almost all good. Seriously, it really is. That's good. I wouldn't change it for the world because it's, it's a blast, you know? Awesome. It's it's always fun to meet listeners and, and new friends. That's how I look at it. And it's weird because they've heard our stories for the last 13 years. So, <laughs> yeah. So it was cool getting pics with people and everything. That was a lot of fun. And there was no opening act. Just kiss. Kiss tonight. Nothing else. Kiss tonight. Kiss yeah. tonight. We had... A pretty happy crowd. There was this one guy who kept taking his shirt off. Remember that? And security, you had to threaten him with kicking him out. They were very nice. I thought they were going to kick him out at one point. And then people started booing. So I think they kind of went, okay, look, just chill yourself out. Yeah, so this guy had a lot of hair on his back. And he was he took his shirt off and he was trying to get the crowd riled up. He was down in front. And he's like walking up and down the aisles trying to get people to cheer for Kiss, right? So <laughs> at some point, you know, security had to come over and shut him down. And as soon as they turned around, he lifted up his shirt and wagged his moobs at him, right? So That's right, he did. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he had to get one more. He just had to get one more jab in there. Yeah, definitely. The crowd was really cool, and we all hung out and had a good time. And uh, I'll tell you what was really neat was when they started playing disco, like things like Celebrate by Cool and the Gang and some, some dance music. It just felt like a party. That, you, want, you want Van Halen and dance music, and the crowd is having a great time. It was so much fun. 
Yeah, it was probably one of the biggest reactions of the of the pre-show songs was celebration. People loved it. Yeah, it was fantastic, and uh, it it made it made uh, sitting through not having an opening band it made it it made it a lot better. So just just having the good positive music, right? Yep, and the, there was also a guy in uh, full jean makeup, about maybe just three rows ahead of us, mm-hmm. and uh, he started taking pictures with people, and then. Ken, being the ever social one, yells out to him, hey, turn this way, and had him turn this way, and then had him put one of his big boots up on the on the back of the chair in front of him, so he kind of had to balance himself. <laughs> now, at one point, I was wondering if you were doing this on purpose, because he turned around, and he puts his boot up, he's got a beer in one hand, he's not holding himself up by anything. Right. And we take a picture, and then he puts his boot down, and then... Next to you, I think Christine wanted to get a picture. You go, wait, 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 put your thing up again. Put your. And he turns around. And he goes, oh man, I've been drinking. <laughs> he puts up his food again. They take another picture of him. He starts to turn around, and you go, oh wait, wait, we need one more because they need a picture here. And this guy was just—he wasn't mad at all. He was just like, oh, you're killing me, dude. Well, didn't he say something so, yeah. like, "I didn't realize being Gene was so hard." Yeah, I didn't realize it was so hard to walk around in this stuff. And I don't know how many beers he had in him, but he was really having a good time. Really nice. Really nice guy. I love when people do that. Yeah, it was fun. So the show comes that moment when we hear Led Zeppelin's rock and roll. It, 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 there's just something about it that you know that this may be one, if not the last time that you're here, right? I knew that at some point during the show I would uh, feel some uh, strong emotions towards my love for this band and all those years. But when that song hit and the crowd goes crazy because you know what's coming, it was just right there and it just hit for me personally it hit me like a ton of bricks it was ever since i was a little kid this has been there it's been a part of my life the whole time since i was six years old and the person i am today everything that i went through to become the person that i am today kiss has been a part of that and Kiss has been incorporated into that. Uh, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks of, of what was about to happen. And it was one of the most joyous moments of my life was, was before that light went down. And it was just the crowd knowing what was coming. It was, it was so good. Yeah, really. I mean, not to get too heavy about it, but it, it there are certain times where it really does hit you of, yeah, this is really important to me. You know? Well, Kiss has meant so much to all of us. You know, it, it means something different to every single one of us, but it's... I mean, if you're listening to this show, it means something to you, right? I would sure hope so. Yeah. You can't be listening just for, just for us. Yeah. <laughs> when that curtain dropped... I remember just looking up 
and seeing all the lighters and the lights from the cell phones and just looking into that darkness and just thinking like everyone I've ever been to a concert with is here tonight. Everyone I've ever uh, talked Kiss with is here tonight. Uh, my Uncle Gary, who is no longer with us in this plane of existence, was with us that night. And even the thought of Peter Tork was with me. Yeah, like we were talking earlier. My dad, I thought about my dad. My dad took me to my very first concert. It was Creatures. Uh, I was just shy of 13, and he just wasn't you know, aware of what it would be like at a, at a show like that. So he took me just to make sure that I would be safe, and he's not here anymore. And my mom took me to my next two shows. I, I even called my mom the day after the show, and I said, thank you for taking me, by the way, and thank you for understanding that this was important to me and it was something that I really did care about. And she said, it was very obvious how much you cared about this. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Uh, your whole kiss family that's ever been uh, important to you is, is there with you. Yeah. I could feel it. I could feel them all. Yeah. And yeah, it was love wonderful. It. Yeah. Love it. off with Detroit Rock City. So Detroit Rock City as an opener, your thoughts? Well, they come down from the pods. So uh, it's one of those songs that allows that time to happen. It allows the bombs to happen for each musical line that happens before the lyrics come in. Uh, I almost think just as a little side, I, I almost kind of feel like, uh, both modern day Delilah and hell or hallelujah were designed not just for the songs that they are, but were almost designed to be openers because the opening guitar lines allow you to continue doing them for as long as you have to until the band gets into place. Right. Detroit Rock City is one of those great songs that where that guitar line is so good. You could just hear it over and over, you know, it, it's a classic it's a perfect opener. It has been when it was used before, but so how can you say anything bad about Detroit Rock City? And I agree with you. I do think Paul sang it live. Yeah, I do too. Uh, 
there are a few things about some other shows where they they point out how it's very similar in all the other shows. Those didn't happen in Memphis. Memphis sounded it sounded unique. And it, it is odd, and I'm not saying that there wasn't any there. I'm not saying that there was or wasn't. I'm just telling you that it's different than what I've already listened to on this tour. You know, so yes. And I will say, after listening to after Detroit Rock City. Of course, it's there in your head a little bit, but as soon as that happened, I never thought about it again for the rest of the show. Never, never even came up in my head. There was one time that it did, and we'll talk about that when we get there. But oh, uh, I remember. Yeah. yeah, it, it but, came up for you. No. Yeah, but if you're looking at this stage, the the Paul likes this word boom and bombast, right? It's bombastic, but damn, it's. <laughs> You got to be careful if you're on that stage to not be in a certain spot at a certain time. Otherwise, you're going to be deep fried. Let's put it that way. The fire out the side is just insane. I wonder if Eric ever gets burnt, seriously, from sparks and stuff. He's really close to the flames, too. I mean, it can't. And I don't think he needs a warm up while he's up there either. So it's, it's so funny. Some of the pictures, you can see that he's really. Uh, not that he's out of breath, but you, you can tell that he's definitely working hard. You can tell he's breathing hard and, right. you know, he's not even a young chick, you know, spring chicken anymore. So. No, it was uh, weird. There was, there was an article that came out the, the week of the show. And I think it said something like Tommy Thayer is the baby of the band or something like that, that he's 57, yeah. that he's 57. He's the youngest member of Kiss. Yeah. Unbelievable. 57. So, but yeah, those flames have got to rob a lot of oxygen uh, out of the space there for at least a second or two. And then the bombs that are going up from the top and the rockets and everything else. And this is before they've even hit the floor of the stage, man. They've, they've exploded the stage before they've even gotten going. Yeah, absolutely. It really is amazing. And for those who have yet to see it, it's just great. One of the things that we even talked about on the drive-in is, like, you and I saw the Creatures Tour, right? And then there was Revenge. And and those are two times that people look back and say, man, I wish I could have seen that. Man, I wish I would have been there. I feel like now is one of those times to where I think that a lot of people are sitting it out or thinking that it's no big deal and – I don't want you to miss this, folks. Again, I'm not trying to sell tickets for Kiss. I'm trying to, you know, if you're a Kiss fan and you want to see Kiss, I recommend that you do that. But to me, this seems like one of those times, right? And it was weird how there was almost nobody there comparatively on the Creatures and on the Revenge Tour compared to what it is now. I mean, this is really surprising to me, isn't it, to you, that Kiss is able to pull off what they're doing this year? It's uh, it's an impressive feat for sure. Yeah, you're missing out if you're not seeing this show. And it's not just for the show, too. I, I have a few different bursts of pictures. Even though they're just getting started, you can see there are little looks between Gene and Paul during the show where they're acknowledging each other and almost doing kind of a, wow, how about this kind of look with each other during the shows. There's as you said, a gravitas about this tour. There, There's just an extra quality there that makes it extra special. You can feel it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And 
so we will get into the next song and shout it out loud. And you could tell that it wasn't uh, canned because Gene immediately botched his first vocal on it. He botched the first line. Yeah. And we all looked at one another like, that's not right. (laughs) What is it? Your gratitude need not be voiced. Well, in this case, we didn't actually have to say anything. We just all looked at one another and it's like, okay. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, really nice version. But to me, a Kiss concert doesn't begin until you get to the next song, Deuce. You've got three songs that could be openers right back to back. And... You know, you mentioned the band looking at giving each other nods and thumbs ups and fist bumps and stuff like that. The band is really getting along great right now, at least on stage. If if there's trouble elsewhere, I don't know about it, but you could just see the the joy and the camaraderie. And later, it's it's evident even musically, right? No, they get along great. It's it's obvious that they're all getting along great, um, and they're just so in sync with each other at this point uh mm-hmm. i think the last time i was on podcast we were having a little discussion about this lineup in particular yeah but i think one of the points i made on the last show where people want to have maybe negative things to say about this lineup this is by far the most stable lineup this band has ever had i mean we're going on 18 17 18 years now Mm-hmm. of one lineup these guys are so in sync with each other and they do what they do so well it's fun to watch them play because they enjoy playing with each other it's very obvious that, that they enjoy their time up on stage mm-hmm. it, if it ever came through if it ever came through on a show it was this show right that really shows it and yeah i agree with you on deuce it's it's probably my favorite it's one of my three favorite kiss songs uh yeah every every time you hear paul start in with that opening line there it is it's just you know where you are you know what you're in for Mm -hmm. i i agree with you i think it was nice to bring it up to another level as good as detroit rock city was with the bombs and all that you know that was coming again at the end of deuce and you knew paul was going to talk after deuce and it just yeah yeah, Deuce is so good. And it's weird we mentioned Paul talking. He's not talking that much compared to Kiss shows the last 30 years. Uh, right into the next song. Boom, right into the next one, right into the next one. Well, they're they're not staying at as many hotels this time, so there aren't as many hotel stories. And, right, uh, or going to see yeah. the doctor. Yeah, they're they're well. They're, they're well and they're healthy. They don't need to see the doctor. <laughs> Or ask people backstage, what are you drinking in your specific Providence or region? <laughs> a joke only a Kiss fan could get. <laughs> so up, up next. We're so geeky in the best way. Yep. So we've got Say Yeah, the fourth song, which was pretty cool. I still would have rather heard Modern Day Delilah, but they've made Say Yeah an event song, right? It's it's There's a call and response they've they've built this up you get the sing-along yeah so yeah yeah i can get why they do it really it's the modern or i'm going to say closer to modern since it's like a 10 year old album at this point but it's really paul's version of uh, i love it loud in a way you know i never thought about that i like it though that that's 
Sounds very accurate to me. Yeah. And they go right from that immediately into Heaven's on Fire. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that the thing is gone. Uh, this is the way they should have been doing it anyway. But one of the neat things about this is that we see on those pods that are up on the ceiling, you see uh, like animalized prints and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's there's just nods to the different eras and times, right? And it's weird what is being played during this show and what is not being played. Like, there's nothing from Hotter Than Hell. There's nothing from Revenge. But it's just weird what is being played and what is not being played when you look at it as albums. Like, you almost figured that you would get a song from every album. You know what I mean? Like, some bands may have taken that way of looking at things, but not Kiss, so... Or at least the biggest of the big albums. You yeah. would get something from everything. Yeah. So we've got Heaven's on Fire from Animalize. It was one of the better live versions of that, if you ask me. Uh, then we've got War Machine. And we see some of the footage that we saw before as far as the armies and stuff like that. But we also see there's some new stuff there, right? Uh, we get a dragon. Mm-hmm. We get some uh, scratchy... Didn't we? Weren't there some uh, scratchy drawing kind of, yeah. uh, like on a cave wall or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Like exactly. the Kiss logo, because the Kiss logo is everywhere on this stage. Uh, if there's a reflective surface that can show a logo, you're going to see the Kiss logo, and it's like thirty thousand different Kiss logos. <laughs> Indeed, many, many different versions of it. Seriously, the only logo I the fuck you logo from the Hot in the Shade tour wasn't. I didn't see that. Thank God that piece of shit. And then there was the Asylum Kiss logo. We didn't see that on the screen either. But a lot of people are saying that they want the big logo back, and I understand the reasoning for that. You kind of get the best of both worlds this way, right? For sure. Do you want to talk about the logo and and the thing that and my one wish what I had talked about I hoped for? That's what we but call we a tease. We're going to get there, okay? We're going to get there later. you got to yeah. hang in there. So we've got War Machine, Gene Breathes Fire, and then they do Lick It Up, and it's got the with We Won't Get Fooled Again by the Who kind of thing. And it's weird because you can always tell like who are the diehards in the Kiss crowd when they do the Won't Get Fooled Again thing because we're all programmed from whatever your local FM station is, you're listening to the coyote, the eagle, the wolf, whatever. You're in the doghouse with, you know, whatever the FM mascot of your choice of your local FM station is, everybody knows the Who's won't get fooled again, even if they don't know Kiss, right? So you can see it on the newbies. They're like, oh, I know this. Heck, all you, or CSI. They might know it from CSI. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It was, it was enjoyable. And I, I've kind of been on the fence of like, I don't need to hear this song again live. But just knowing that this is probably my last time, it was, you know, I was fine with it. Then we got the big, change in the set list right then we're taking a left turn and we're going back to gene and a great song of gene's one of his iconic songs that i honestly i feel at this point should always be in the set list dr love and finally there it is again so i was i was very happy to hear dr love he always seems to uh 
play to the crowd, especially the first few rows in front of him. He's going to find a couple ladies that he likes, and he's always going to play that one up. Hide Your Heart had been in this spot. It had been actually in a different spot uh, three or four songs later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they dropped that and they brought in Dr. Love. And it's probably just to break up a couple of Paul songs or something. I mean, why they put it where they did, I don't know. But that first third to half of the show is kind of is a good traditional place where Dr. Love has kind of always been. So, right. Yeah. But the one sad thing about removing Hide Your Heart is that that puts uh, Hot in the Shade as an album that nothing's played off of now. I have a soft spot in my heart for Hot in the Shade. Always did. Especially the tour. I mean, the tour was amazing. But yeah, you called me one day when you were spinning Hot in the Shade and you said, I haven't listened to this thing forever. There's some really good songs on this album. Yeah, it's my rule of the EP, right? (laughs) If I can find five good songs on any album, even if I don't like the rest of the album, I just make it like that's my EP based on Hot in the Shade or whatever album it is, right? Yeah. So, But there's there's some good stuff on there. I wish it would have been a more united effort in the studio, if you will. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I do like a lot of songs on that album, though. You like it better than I do. I probably do, yeah. It's it's still the album that I would probably choose to not listen to the most out of every album in the Kiss catalog. What's yours? Uh, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I've been holding out for, when did that album come out? 1990? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been holding out for Boomerang Live ever since. And it's just, I don't know, I guess it's just never going to happen. You and Adam Black. <laughs> Kiss 4K artist great friend of the show and great friend to all of us he loves that song too uh so which album do i think is your least favorite kiss album of all of them or just the all uh, of them all oh of them gosh. peter chris sorry peter i love you but peter yeah but that doesn't count i mean it does but it doesn't like if you had to pick a band effort like for some people it might be unmasked or carnival of souls or hot in the shade but that, those are usually the ones that get that and asylum for some as well you know one of my favorite albums by far is asylum all you people who don't like asylum by the way here's a complete aside you're all wrong asylum is the closest album to early kiss that you're gonna find that thing has a whole lot of uh uh, boogieing kind of rock and roll that those first three albums sort of in the vein of, of Beatles, early Beatles kind of stuff. You're all wrong about Asylum. That's all I have to say. Asylum is a great, great Kiss album. The weird thing about Asylum is it does have that boogie-woogie or rock and roller to it, but they don't actually chunk-a-chunk-a-chunk-a-chunk-a. You know, they never take it... Like, like those songs are written to be that, right? But they don't really play it that way. It just so wasn't straight. No, you're right. They don't play it that way. When they played yeah. those songs live, they did. You're right about that. But it was also mixed wrong. But that's, yeah, that's another that's, that's another episode. So, Asylum's <laughs> a great. Asylum's a great album. People, you just lost about five thousand listeners. Probably <laughs> it happens. So the next song was a hundred thousand years, and we got to see Eric do the drum solo and everything. It seemed weird for this song to be this early in the set list. It, it, when back in the old days, it was one of those things that meant you were getting to the end of things, right? But 
Yeah, yeah. It also makes it feel like, wow, this concert's been going on for a long time. And I think it's amazing that they follow it with God of Thunder because it's two fairly long songs back to back. Yeah. Two event songs. Yes, big event songs, yeah. Eric really shined uh, on his drum solo this time around because he incorporated, there was definitely a Peter homage uh, big time on the tribal drum thing. He he really got into the tribal drum thing for a while. And then he got out of that and he did the Eric Singer thing, which is the the impressive thing. And then he did some crowd work. Mm-hmm. And then Paul came out for the speaking parts and he went back to the tribal and he really embraced that. And that was really cool. Uh, the light show and the lasers during uh, Eric's drum solo are phenomenal. So good. It just like always, he's always back there just working his ass off being that backbone all the time. It yeah. Probably so- one of my favorite drum solos uh, at any kiss show that, that I've seen. I really liked his solo on this one. Agreed. You can also tell who's there, who's the lighthearted Kiss fan and who's the diehard Kiss fan. Mm-hmm. Because when he started doing the little bass opening of 100,000 years, half the crowd thought he was about to split blood. Yeah, exactly. Now, I've seen Kiss perform God of Thunder since like 1976, right? And I'm telling you, this may be my favorite version of this song live because of what they're doing on stage. Uh, the fact that we also see Sam, the serpent there <laughs> and we have so much going on the visuals, the, the way it sounds, there is a little bit of a boogie to it this time. I don't know how else to explain it, but this is a great fucking song. And I say that as someone who's literally gotten sick of it over time. You know what I mean? Just like if if you've been at a party too many times, I don't care uh, what it is. At some point, you're going to go, oh, this again? But this is one of my favorite versions of God of Thunder. What do you think about how they're doing it? Well, he doesn't fly anymore. They're not pulling him up by the wires anymore. Now, when I saw them in Portland... The lights go on him as he's doing his first bass solo thing. This is before the song starts. Mm-hmm. And he and he goes up to the top, and he did the blood drooling up at the top of the rafters. Well, only half at best of the arena can actually see him when he's up in the rafters. If you're mm-hmm. off on the side or if you're up way up high, that view's a little bit blocked by either the speakers or the, the rigging from the pods and all that. Well, they changed it. And now he's doing the blood on the floor. And when he's done with that, and when they start the song, he starts going up as the song starts. Much better. Yeah. Much, much better. And the lighting is just incredible. He seems happier that he doesn't have to get pulled up by that, <laughs> by those wires anymore. He could just kind of stand on his pod. He's got a little thing around his waist, so he's, you know, so he's not going to fall. And he seems a lot happier that he can kind of just stand still and he doesn't have to be. It also frees him up to act. Yes, for sure. As he's going up, he's, he's having fun with the crowd. Yeah. And I love how he's throwing a towel out. Just, just like, fuck it. Drool, blood, sweat. And he just throws it at the crowd. Some guy doesn't even know what's coming 
and thwap with a moist t- towel. It's uh, yuck. Anyway. I love Gene. I, I, I've seen a, a lot of Kiss shows, but my one in Portland, I was really, really close to the stage. And there are a lot of times that you just don't realize he is just a wet, drippy mess for that whole show. There's mm-hmm. just no way around it. Almost every song at the end, he's turning around and he has a roadie give him a fresh towel. Yeah. He's, he's wiping his hands off and he's throwing it at people and he's spitting water on I just love how on the pod screens we have different versions of Gene singing I Am the Lord of the Wasteland at one another. And it's almost like the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Remember when they'd look at one another on the Brady Bunch opening? That's what it is. Yeah, the demon heads are like looking at one another and sticking their tongues out at one another. And it's just a really cool effect. And out of the smoke, there's a demon skull that appears at some point that, that you see it and uh, on the screen. Just, just a great, great version of a great song. Just fantastic. Can't yeah, say you enough were, good about it. Yeah, you were saying for the last tour, they finally got it perfect. They finally perfected it, you know. Yeah, it's exactly fantastic. how it should be. Yep. And then we got Cold Gin. Wait, I want to mention one thing. We mentioned CMT Serpent. At what point was Gene going over and talking to him? It's after he breathes fire and before 100,000 years. So right about the Dr. Love, 100,000 years... Uh, I think probably during the meet of 100,000 years is when Sam goes off and, and Gene puts his tongue out right next to him. And, yeah, and it looks like Gene's talking to him. Yeah. The whole time yeah, he's like, yeah, you, you do that fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Comes up, hey, how you doing? <laughs> At this point, we're starting to see uh, high fives and fist bumps and like, hey, I see what you're doing. They're pointing at one another and... We're seeing a lot of smiles on the stage at this point. Yeah, I mean, really, almost the whole show, you see a lot of that. I, I have some of my favorite pictures from this are not when bombs are going off, but when Gene and Paul are standing right next to each other and they're smiling and they're looking at each other. You know, mm-hmm. that, that camaraderie, as we've been talking about, is really here this time. So then we go into Cold Gin. Cold Gin. Love Cold Gin. Yeah, me too. Tommy Thayer, guitar solo. Mm-hmm. Happened during cold gin. Yeah, you're right. And it's for those who didn't want to see Shock Me Again, it was nice that this happened. And can you describe what happens during Tommy's solo? Well, it's another incorporation of the pods. Uh, Tommy, really, ever since being in the band, has done the uh, rockets out of the guitar, shooting up into the lighting system, and then something of either a piece of the lighting system made out of rubber falls and so forth. Well, this time it took on a real nice space theme and Tommy was shooting an alien ship or something like that. One of the pods becomes an alien ship. And so you get a big spark shot from one of the pods and then the pod shimmies and moves and you see it's like a spaceship that's now on fire. So they incorporated that. Yeah. And and it dies like it, it's all lit up. It's It's got the neon light around it. But once Tommy shoots it, takes it out of the invasion and in the background on the screen is a cityscape with aliens like blowing up the earth and stuff like that so and not only that i will 
there's, you know, a lot of talk about um, they're not paying enough respects or homage to past members, uh, all the past members, but there is absolutely no doubt on Tommy Thayer's guitar solo that he's paying his own tribute to his own hero, who is Ace Freely, because he does that classic guitar solo line from She That's on Alive of Ace that we all know and love. He plays it great. And there's just no doubt what he's what he's doing. We know that's not a Tommy Thayer solo. That's an Ace solo. So it is there. That tribute to Ace is there. As, as for all the talking that's been done and all that, you know, you know where this all comes from. So I, I, I thought that was an important point to make. Agreed. Agreed. So pay attention to the to the edges and by that I'm talking about the pods and what's going on over here and there and just these little elements. As you look up during Psycho Circus, notice that there are these talismans on the pods that mean different things. Like one of them is a rocket and one of them is a uh, spellcaster. Someone reading a a tarot card or a, a, a crystal ball. It all, the whole thing, like around the edges of the screen is the Psycho Circus curtain. And you see the tent unfold and the whole bit. So they literally give you a taste of the Psycho Circus tour in that sense. From what we saw as merchandising or the comic books, all of that's there. Yeah, if there was ever a perfect use of that back screen in those pods, it was Psycho Circus because they brought you right into the Psycho Circus for the song. I agree. I loved the visuals on Psycho Circus. So cool. Mm -hmm. Then a crowd favorite. I love it loud. (laughs) Another sing-along time. Yep. The one thing I enjoyed seeing on the screen is how they have the A-A-A-A-A, yeah, thing. Uh, It's just weird to see it written out like that. You know what I'm saying? Flashing. I think they wrote it out as hey, didn't they? Yeah, hey, hey, yeah. Hey, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it really isn't, but yeah. Right, but it makes it (laughs) seem like a a Ramones song this way. (laughs) Yeah, 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 hey, yeah. But... (laughs) But it was it was fun. The crowd really dug it. It's a great song. It's always been a great song. It, it's probably one of those in the set where if they wanted to change it out for something else, that would probably be okay. But it is another good sing-along opportunity. Mm-hmm. It goes into, to me, one of my favorite songs of the night. And I think that this was a special moment for all of us long-term fans because we got to see some stuff we've never seen before. We did, and it was the third of probably my three favorite Kiss songs, and they were all played on this show, so I was very happy. It's a song that ever since Alive, I, I haven't, I've always wondered why it wasn't played at every show, because it's every bit as much of a rock anthem, I think, as rock and roll all night can be. And it's Let Me Go, Rock and Roll. It's such a great groovy kiss song mm-hmm. this everything about let me go rock and roll to me is what kiss was supposed to be about it's what they were going for now what made this different though well and it's another one where they didn't do it in portland this did not happen the cool thing at the end of the song eric singer says memphis you know kiss loves you 
and then does his drum thing. First of all, it was a lot longer. Mm-hmm. He, he really, he really played it out. And then Paul and Tommy start trading guitar riffs. And it looked like they almost took each other by surprise. It really did. It, it was almost like, wait a minute, what's happening here? This is not what's supposed to be happening, but I'm really liking what I'm hearing. Were, were they, would you say they were kind of bluesy, bluesy riffs they were doing? Yeah, it it was a cross between blues meets the weedly weedly tapping of the eighties, right? So you had basically Tommy started playing the blues and then Paul would answer him back. And then they just kept going at it for a while. And then they turned to Gene. Yeah, and Gene's like pointing at him like, look at these fuckers over here. Like, seriously, he was like, check these bastards out. You could see it. He was like laughing and like it cracked him up. And he's like, wow, check these guys out. And Paul walks over and he points at Gene and says, like, you do it. So Gene just played a, a mini bass solo thing just out of the middle of nowhere. And then they did a guitar thing. And then they went back to Gene and Gene pulled off a couple of very sweet bass lines that I was not expecting. And then as the song was ending, Tommy is is playing and he grabs the string above where he's playing and does that trill thing where he's yeah. making it sound like that. And Paul's like, well, fuck it. I'm getting in on this too. So they both did it and they wrote it out. You could tell that they were having fun and that this wasn't something that you saw on every show. At least I don't think it was. I've watched enough of this stuff on YouTube and it seemed like a really different thing. No. And when it was over, you and I kind of looked at each other and your eyes were as big as my eyes. We were like, I never saw that before. That was really cool. Yeah. But you could tell through the whole song that they were kind of pushing each other. Mm -hmm. And that made it fun.
So then it comes to the time of the show where Paul comes out, and because of the size of the venue, which is pretty big. By the way, Memphis FedEx Forum looks great. Uh, Memphis, you're you're coming back to life, and it's looking good. It's looking good on you. That is a great venue. Yeah, it, it really is. And they take really great care of everyone. Seriously. Excellent. Excellent. We cannot say enough good about Memphis, the FedEx Forum, and the people that work there. Yeah, they were the, very the, accommodating. Yeah, big shout out to the staff. They were really, really helpful and, and so nice. Yeah. Yep. Because we had to go we had to go down quite a few different uh, weird hallways in order to get to our section of the seats, and they kind of let us <clears throat> do a little roundabout. I mean, we had a guy who basically personally took us to our area because we just couldn't do a ton of stairs or anything like that. In a personal tiny elevator, it was really weird. Was, but we definitely got the A-ticket treatment, and so thank you to everybody at the Memphis FedEx Forum. For sure. Above and beyond. So Paul flew out to his stage and he did the thing where I'm not going to come out because I'm Southern hospitality. I would never think to impose myself, but you got to tell me to come out. We've all seen it. We know what's going to happen. He went out and uh, flew out above the crowd, did love gun and God, the lasers just insane. <laughs> he couldn't get over the lasers and while he was out there, of course, all the poly girls in the world were thrilled, uh, just loving that big time. And then he did I Was Made for Loving You. And if this fan, if, if everyone in Memphis loved uh, Ladies Night and uh, La Freak or any of the songs that they played, you know, Walk This Way, some of the more dancey type rock songs and the dance songs that they played... Uh, you knew Memphis was ready to dance along to I Was Made for Loving You. Yeah, and everybody, the, the reaction to that song was huge. Yeah. People loved it. You could tell that the funk was happening that night. And the one thing that we mentioned earlier that I looked at you and I'm like, is that live? Because he sounded different than I've heard him on this show when he did the part where he sings, I can't get enough in the middle during the breakdown. I did not notice the difference from the Portland show. Yeah. But I, I don't think I was listening for it either. You know? Well, the thing was that it surprised me that it was, I'm, I hate to say this, but it was kind of weak. And, and by that, I mean real. Mm -hmm. I think that Paul's kind of showing people he can still do some stuff, you know? This, I've kind of been wondering if that's, was going to be the case later on in the tour. But uh, it, my first show, I was so close to the stage that both Love Gun and I Was Made for Loving You, I kind of kept my eyes on the stage because Gene and Tommy were doing their thing. So I was kind of doing that. This one, Paul came out to kind of right even to where we were. So mm -hmm. he was sort of center of attention. Yeah, definitely. So that was fantastic. And it was great to see people that maybe weren't diehard Kiss fans just like, pop on that song you know what i mean in a way that they didn't on love gun which is strange to kiss fans but you know they listen to you know the 70s on seven or whatever song it is it's it's still being played out there and then right. we have black diamond what can you say about black diamond what can you say it's it's a classic it's amazing uh, I, I still remember going to a show when I saw them with uh, Crew, 
one of the one of the guys who made me laugh the most was I overheard a guy say, "I don't care what they play as long as they play Black Diamond." Mm-hmm. Very good. And those words have always stuck with me. <laughs> yeah, and of course we get that moment where they freeze. My only suggestion. Boys, you got to keep that freeze longer the way it used to be. There was nothing wrong with it. If you remember when they've been doing the freeze, you know, they'll hold there for a good 15 seconds and really let the crowd yell. And and they've shortened it on this one. It's just a couple of seconds now. So you got to you got to catch it quick. Yeah. I still got my picture. There you go. There you go. But I love that freeze. That freeze the first time I saw that live just blew you away. Yeah. So good. It was weird hearing Black Diamond. It was weird looking to the left of me and seeing you and Linda and looking to the right and seeing Christine and looking down a few rows and there's Podkiss listener and there's the kids and then there's this guy over here and and I just looked up to the top of the arena and it was like every concert I've ever been to all at once. Yeah. And after it was over, after all the explosions, Kiss was gone off the stage. And that's when the lighters come out. And you could see the little lights all around the venue. And in between the lights, I saw my uncle. I saw your dad. I saw friends of mine that are not here. Some people that didn't get to see Kiss this year because they passed. And I just felt everyone's presence. It's amazing all the friendships and connections that we've made just because of yeah, a silly little silly little band and their silly little songs. Yeah. And here we are. Absolutely. And everybody, we want kiss, we want kiss, 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 kiss. <laughs> and the stage opens up and here it comes in what is a silly moment for a kiss concert kiss has always been about as paul would say live bombast and you know so on and so forth but you see this piano coming up through the stage glittering full of the mirrors and everything and there's eric singer singing beth and linda hates this song for the most part i mean well that's not true linda this is not one of linda's favorite songs but she cried she did there was something about me and the boys will be playing all night, the one last time, and we all we all kind of hugged one another, all four of us that were right there tight in that row. And... Amazing moment. Yeah, and then when you see them come out and they do that thing like they did in the Paul Lynn special. <laughs> yeah, see, it's, <laughs> something it's another... Something only a Kiss nerd would love, but... Yeah. And that's that's a real obscure, I mean, it's not for us, but for anybody else out there, that that's a really obscure reference that happened there. And then, so that was excellent. It's one of my favorite versions of Beth ever. It's worth porting that piano around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but then we get a great moment. All the band is, is surrounded at the piano. Paul's leaning up against the piano. And they finish the song, and Eric gets up. And you think they're going to go into the next one, and the lights come up. It's all still smoky from Black Diamond. And all of a sudden, the band is now walking around, and they're just waving at the crowd. And then they yeah. come together, and they do the classic thing they've ever they've been doing since rock and roll over, where they join hands, and they put their hands up, and they bow. And 
I mean, there's another moment where it just, it just hits you so hard. This is happening. This is it. Of just, God, I love this band, you know. So then we get Do You Love Me, where we get to every year find out how big <laughs> Seven Inches is to the individual members of the band. Because Gene's an overcompensator, for yeah, sure. He, because... He's like a foot and a half sometimes. Yeah, he's past his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> a really nice version of Do You Love Me with cool graphics on the screen. And then the rock and roll national anthem. Rock and roll night. With probably more confetti than ever. Mm -hmm. There were a couple of times where you're like, I know there's a stage back there somewhere. Yeah. It was so busy. Oh, the balloons during uh, Do You Love Me. That was kind of a cool. Yeah, absolutely. It was neat. Yeah, kind of a cool new touch to have balloons go down. That's kind of cool. I felt bad for the guy who was working Gene's side of the stage because he kept, for some reason, the balloons kept bopping up on the stage and Kiss is kicking him out of the way and Gene's like yelling at that guy, get these fucking balloons off the stage. <laughs> oh. And he would, no matter how many times he'd swat them away, they kept bubbling back there that way. So, Kind of yeah. half expected him to go to the mic and go, balloons, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so rock and roll night. Every bit of pyro, everything they have, it's just, uh, they empty the bucket, man. So fun. You know, if you wanted the one song that's truly the celebration, that was it. We got the cherry pickers. We got the big cranes where the both Tommy and Gene come out over the crowd. And they got in there right after the second, uh, second chorus. And so they're coming up over the crowd as Tommy's doing his guitar solo. Mm -hmm. Gene Simmons comes right in front of us, right in front of us. You know, we're all waving at him. He's waving in our direction. He almost had this look on his face like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. Like, this is still something to him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He really looked like he's just much into it. I'm going to miss this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Can't say enough good things about uh, the ending of the show. You know, that the cranes come back on, they get back on the stage, and they just let it all off. Man, I, I don't know how you could have fit more fire, more sparks, more fireworks into a, a single area. It all goes up. The whole stage goes up. Paul does the guitar thing. The drums go up. Man, it's everything. The old KISS logo, the very, very original, alive KISS logo with all the little, not just the outline in the lights, but the salt, you know, where all the lights are on the inside too. Mm -hmm. That was on the back, so that very original KISS logo was there. Now, you did have a thought that you would have liked to seen how the show ended. It's the only thing that I thought stage-wise would have been very cool. It, it kind of goes back to a, a revenge thing. There was any way that that screen, that very back octagonal screen, could have gone away, and up comes that classic, original, metal, and tungsten-like KISS logo that they used from Rock and Roll Over through, what was it, Animalize? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, 
that logo if that could have come up to the front i would have lost my shit and just lit up so bright and then just dimmed to nothing yeah where you still see it in front of as gene would say you still see kiss flashing in front of your eyes even when you close your eyes yeah yeah i mean they kind of did it but uh it's the only one thing that I, i would have said as far as the stage show yeah but Still beautifully done. It's kind of like that thing that I said to Gary. We need to do a, a, a thing called, you know, you're a kiss nerd when. Yeah. That would be one of them, that that would be your wish. Exactly. So knowing that this was our last show, I, we just sat and watched the arena clear out a bit. And we listened to God Gave Rock and Roll to you. Eerily, the song stopped at the line, Save Rock and Roll. Something about that moment. God gave rock and roll to you. Gave rock and roll to me. Gave rock and roll to everyone. God gave rock and roll to you. Gave rock and roll to me. Save rock and roll for everyone. Save rock and roll. We saw people leaving the venue. There was this one guy who had a bald head, and he didn't realize, but he had confetti stuck right in the center of his head. It was just stuck there. And I was, like, going to say, hey, dude, you got confetti stuck on your head. And I think it was Linda said, let him figure it out when he gets into the car. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. He needs needs a souvenir. Yeah, but it was just stuck there and there was some balloons that made it that survived and people were carrying them i don't know how the hell they were going to drive with those home I don't know what they were thinking but yeah i'm, I'm keeping this fucking thing it's got a kiss logo on it man this is i'm selling this shit on ebay that's kiss air in there an actual kiss rarefied air but the one thing that was so funny as we saw this guy carrying one of those balloons up the steps to leave the venue, and this guy stopped him. And we're thinking, oh, this is he's going to give it to this kid. No, 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 no. He had his kids with him, the, the guy that, that owned the balloon, and this guy stops him and says, hey, how much for that balloon, buddy? They make a deal. He hands him a wad of cash. The guy gives him the big balloon, and he turns and lovingly gives it to his young child. And the first thing his young child immediately does is throw the balloon up in the air. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, a balloon. (laughs) The fathers, I just paid money for that. (laughs) Get it back. And they did. But uh, it was really funny. Thanks, uh, Dad. Thanks, Dad. I can't buy a tour book because of this. Yeah. (laughs) So we make our way out we take the private elevator and we get in line to go to the regular elevator and this guy comes up behind you i think his name was brandon right his name was brandon yeah hi brandon how you doing brandon we told you we'd remember your name he walks up and what does he say to you Uh, he didn't say a word to me he just was going through some uh pics that he had in his hand and he looks up at me and i 
my eyes are all wide and he hands me two Paul Stanley into the end of the road picks. And I said, are you freaking serious right now? I said, you just made my night. Thank you so much. I've never gotten a pick ever from a show. Yeah, but then you immediately turn around. You give one to Linda, who's probably the biggest Paul Stanley girl ever in the world. She just loves Paul Stanley so much. She's probably the biggest Paul Stanley fan uh, girl in, in the world. She absolutely loves Paul Stanley. Yeah. And you gave her one of those picks, and then you offered it to me. You offered the other one to me, then you offered the other one. I said, no, that's yours. And then you offered it to Christine, the button queen. Sure. And she said, no. And you said this. I said, uh, I've never gotten a pick before at a kid's show. I can't believe it. And all three of us in unison said, well, you just did. So that was your first guitar pick that you got at a show. But uh, it shows how cool you were to want to give it to one of us. And it was beautiful. It's so funny because if, if someone had given it to you, you'd probably have been handing it to me. You know, it's just. Exactly. You know. That's how we are, right? It's love, man. So we get in the elevator, and we had been hearing that Jerry, the King Lawler, had been there. And he was he did the meet and greet. and the, You could tell when the meet and greet was over because there literally were like eight different Elvises that came walking down this one aisle. I don't know what was going on backstage. but Yeah, what was that about? I don't know. The kings to see the kings of the nighttime world. I don't know. What was the movie with the flying Elvises? Leaving Las- <laughs> yeah. No, not leaving Las Vegas, but uh, uh, it was another Las- Nicolas Cage. Yeah, the- but it was weird. Yeah. Everybody out there knows what it's called. But yeah, it was, yeah. It was like the flying Elvises were in town all of a sudden. Yeah. And they all had guitars, too. It almost looked like a mariachi band made up of Elvises. That's what it looked like to me. That kicked, I mean, that was before the show even started. So you knew you were for a good time when a bunch of Elvises on it. Yeah, when when Elvis is in the building or Elvises are in the building, you know that. But uh, we we get into the elevator. And And there he is. And I turn and there he is, Jerry the King Lawler. And he's in the back of the elevator, and he is with someone, and he literally looks at me because we make that eye-to-eye connection, and he's looking at me like, don't blow my cover. Because he's in Memphis, right? And, you know, everybody that ever saw him on TV or watched him on wrestling probably wants an autograph, right? Mm-hmm. And I look at him, he looks at me, and he's like, please don't make a scene. And I go, I'd like you to meet Linda, I'd like you to meet Christine. I'd like you to meet Roland. And your eyes were just, you were gobsmacked. Like, you couldn't believe it. And I said, my name's Ken. It's nice to meet you. I said, (laughs) you know, you may be the champ, but I wrestle with reality every day. And he busted up laughing. He did. Yeah, you got him with that one. And he was able to get off the elevator. Nobody hassled him. But it it was so cool. I still wanted to go, that Andy Hoffman thing, was that real or what? It was surreal. <laughs> but I didn't know that he had a place on Beale Street and he was so ingrained in Memphis. But he's, I mean, he's one of the faces of Memphis, I guess, nowadays, right? Yeah, definitely. He's got his own restaurants and all that stuff. Yeah, so. yeah I, didn't, I didn't know any of that. So. Yeah. Linda's son, Sean, earlier texted us when they had first gotten into the arena. We were already in our seats, and he went, Jerry Lawler just went right by me. And so later you were able to go, yeah, I just did you one better on that. (laughs) Yeah, it was a trip. It was cool. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler tweeted that there's a T-shirt that says, I may be old, but I got to see all the cool bands. 
He said, that's me. I saw them all, including the Beatles live, but Kiss is still the best show I've ever seen. At Paul Stanley Live, at Gene Simmons, at Kiss Online. So that was pretty cool. And he also did the meet and greet and he posted, I've had my picture taken with a lot of famous people, including Muhammad Ali and the presidents of the United States, but this may be my favorite. So there's a That's picture cool. of him. See the show artwork. Uh, we'll put that in there as well. But uh, Very yeah. Cool. So then we drove down Bill Street and uh, we got you to your hotel. We got out and fist bumped and shook hands, gave hugs and we just kept giving each other's hugs because we didn't want you to leave. <laughs> well, goodbyes only for now. That's right. That's true. I'm That's coming true. back. I swear it somehow. I swear it somehow. If this is my last time seeing Kiss, it was a great time seeing Kiss and like I said, every ghost that I've ever been to a Kiss show with was there, and everybody that was there physically was there. It was, it was, it was my Kissery on display that night in Memphis. So, I think I said to you uh, that the first show that I saw here in Portland, I just screamed and had a good time and enjoyed this show. I experienced from the very beginning to the very end i experienced it i felt it in every part of who i was and just was so grateful to have this band for all this time mm -hmm. yeah wow go see it folks man it's fun it's just it, it's as fun as you can as you can have yeah there are certain things you might want to be different you know Certain shout-outs to former members, even if it was just a minute-long thing on the screen, might have been kind of cool. Like I could definitely see some other stuff happening, but it definitely is a celebration, especially if you care about the band as much as, as we have over the years. It, there's no way you can't enjoy it. Absolutely. We hope that you enjoyed our recap of the Memphis show. But now we're going to do something. We're going to... Let me crank the egg timer up here. Okay, it's working. All right. Uh, now we're doing we're going... the Mr. Speed egg timer. Yeah, we're doing the Mr. Speed egg timer, and oh. what we're going to do is this is where we talk about something that we could talk about for an hour and a half, but we're only going to spend two minutes talking about it in total. Oh, I didn't know we were going to do this. I'm excited. No, this is a bonus thing. Okay. Nikki Six of Motley Crue. And Tommy Lee of Motley Crue. It, it, gee, it's it's almost like they need to be in the headlines for something. Do you think it's because that movie, The Dirt, that they've got coming out? Almost like they have something to promote. I can't yeah. tell what it is. But. And then you've got a situation where they said that they were done. They're never going to do anything again. But yet, they're putting some new songs out. and you know, so So maybe they've copied some things from Kiss, like... Coming back after they said they were saying goodbye. But anyway, we're bearing the lead. Nikki Six and Tommy Lee have accused Kiss of stealing their act. And by that we mean the cherry picker that goes out over the audience and things like that. The drum set explosions and stuff like that. But, gee, I seem to remember Kiss wearing straight jackets way before Motley Crue did. I seem to remember uh, seeing Mick Mars spit blood in one video i saw nikki six set his legs on fire so how much is really all that different and who's stealing from who roland let me start the clicker you ready 
two minutes, we're going to talk about Motley Crue and Kiss, who stole what. Ready? Go. Okay. Well, when was the last time that, you know, a cherry picker was used? I'll tell you, the first time was not with Motley Crue. There's been a whole bunch of different bands who have done that before. There are only so many companies who are doing stage equipment. So, and I'll also say Kiss just did it better. As far as what band influenced what band in history, if I even need to make an argument, then you just need to go learn your own history itself. They completely showed themselves as a Kiss lookalike on their very first video and everything since then. This is the band that took them out on their first major tour to get them exposure. So uh, I could just tell Nikki to shut the fuck up, but at the same time, I think I'll just say, Nikki, I hope the movie does really well for you because I don't see any sources of income coming, especially not from 6 a.m. Not that they're a bad band, but I think we all know where your bread is butter. Right, exactly. Uh, I hope that the movie is good. I don't think you're going to see Bohemian Rhapsody-like numbers, so get that out of your head. I'm looking forward to the movie. I, I think it probably Oh, I am too, but you and I have different reasons for wanting to see this movie. It's not because we want it to be a great epic. I'm If, if it's really good, I'll be shocked. I'm looking... This is like probably going to be... Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, worthy, possibly. At least that's what it looks like. The only other thing I'll say is I've seen Motley a few times, and I've been on Nikki's side, and I can guarantee you that what was coming out of the speakers is not what he was saying into the microphone. And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, same here. We are going to play a song by Motley Crue, though. Oh, you're not going to do it, are you? I'm going to do it. You know, here we go. We're just about ready to, and I think I'm going to, okay, there we go. But anyhow, for everybody that is missing Motley Crue and want their return, I'm going to play you. This is Motley Crue live with the wonderful Vince Neil on lead vocals. This is so mean of you. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, vocally, here's... Here's Vince Neil singing with Motley Crue. It's amazing how good their background vocals sound when <laughs> Vince sounds so well. Here you go. Take it away, Vince. Oh.
we love Motley Crue here, and we're not trying to run them down or anything. We're just having a bit of fun. But I could barely understand anything Vince was singing in that song. It seemed like you got every other word, right? Yeah. It's like if he gets the first one and the last one, he'll be here. Crowd yeah. fills in the rest, right? Thank God, because anyway. <laughs> now, we like Motley Crue. We, it's just it's funny when people have something to promote how they do things. That's all. So check out The Dirt. It's on Netflix. You'll probably dig it if you enjoyed Motley Crue. You'll probably dig the, the movie. As a matter of fact, speaking of Motley Crue, our good friend Brian Cramp, BJ Cramp, and his fantastic show, Rock and or Roll, is doing a series of Motley Crue shows that are going to be dropping right now. And I know BJ hates it when I say the word dropping, but I'm on the Shout Out the Devil episode with Joe Royland and Lee McCormick and BJ Cramp. So that's that's a fun one. So be looking sure. for that. We'll post links on the podcast Facebook page. And Roland, I want to thank you for being on the show today. It was just fun reliving some of what happened in Memphis and all the smiles, which will live on long after all the confetti that was dropped and all the sound bounced off of the Memphis FedEx form. I'm so glad that we got to see this together. I, I am too. Or as Carol Burnett would say, I'm so glad we had this time together. <laughs> I'm doing the ear tug. It was so worthwhile to go out there and experience it with you guys. I mean, it was great to meet Christine and see the boys again, but to experience something that has been so important to all of us and to finally experience it together was just, it it was just really special. I'll I'll always remember it. Um, I just had such a good time. I love you. It was so fun. I love you too. And I know Linda loves you and we all love you. This is the way to go out with a bang and Kiss did it. So if you have a chance to see Kiss on the end of the road tour and you're a Kiss fan, I suggest you check it out while you can. Thank you, Kiss, for all the good and for the entertainment. And that's really, you know, there's a lot of stuff you can be upset with Kiss about, but it doesn't apply that night. And uh, at least for me, it didn't. Uh, Great show. Great fun. I'm a KISS fan. Thanks for all the years, boys. Definitely. We will see you all on the next episode of your podcast. You, by the way, do you like the Mr. Speed Egg Timer idea? Love the Egg Timer. The Egg Timer yeah. needs to be there every week for at least a question. I love that you <laughs> pulled it back out there. It's a prototype. Like Pot of Thunder used to get all those prototypes. We now get them, so I got to keep it. It sits right here by the microphone. We want to encourage you to check out all the other KISS podcasts. Thank you, Julian. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everybody. Yep. Check out the KISS Room, the other show that's on our feed. Just just glad, you know, there's a lot of great stuff out there. Uh, check it out. So we will see you yep. on the next episode of your podcast. Thank you, Roland, for being part of it today. Thank you for having me, man. Take care, everybody. Bye. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. 
And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulik, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late great Eric Carr, and the late great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podkist is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podkist is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podkist crew, thank you for listening to Podkist, the KISS fanzine for your ears. <laughs>